Hi, I'm Phil Valdez, the lead pastor of Passion Life Church here in Marietta, California. I just wanted to take a moment and thank you for listening to these messages that are coming out of our church. If these messages have impacted your life, we'd love to hear from you. You could send us an email at contact at passionlifechurch.com. That's contact at passionlifechurch.com. Again, thanks for listening. Well, this morning we're going to continue in part two of a series that we've called This is the Victory. And uh, our theme scripture is 1 John 5, verse 4. 1 John 5, verse 4. It says this, For everyone born of God. Do we have anybody here that's born of God? You've asked Jesus to come inside your heart. He lives inside of you. For everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory. Pastor Phil, where did you get the title for this amazing series? Right here. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our, come on, say it loud. Hey, it's on the screen. Let's try it one more time. Even our even our faith. Now, if you are a child of God and God has come inside you, his son is, resides inside of you, you are born of God. And so what happens is you are empowered to overcome. And you know what? Unfortunately, how many of you know that sometimes life just doesn't play along? How many of you would say today there's been times in your life where life just didn't go the way you thought it would? Let me see your hands. It just didn't go the way you thought it would. And some of those times it's because other people, you know, and uh, the things that they have done to us, situations that were just beyond our control. Some of our lives have been impacted by other people and what they've done. But then how many of you know some of the stuff in our life have been, we've been, some of the stuff in our life, we have been impacted because of our own choices. Sometimes we've made the wrong choices. But you know what? I think we need to understand that we can't always uh, control what happens to us, but we can control what happens in us. And we can control how we respond to it. You know, sometimes in, in, in pastoring people, I've talked with people who, man, they've been hurt. Man, they, they were in a relationship with somebody who hurt them, abused them, and they, they just feel like they can't love anymore. And I came to tell you this morning that you can love again and that you can overcome. Pastor Phil, are you saying that I, I can learn to overcome and love again? That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, some people have a diagnosis from the doctor. It, it's, it's a critical diagnosis. And it wasn't something that they were planning on. They felt like they were healthy. And they were surprised by this particular diagnosis. And I came to tell you that you can overcome. Pastor Phil, are you saying that I can overcome? I'm telling you today, you can overcome. You know why? Because a lot of times, we just believe, I think, that we just need to cope we just need to cope with it. We just need to uh, tolerate it. But you know what? The very fact that you are a child of God, you can overcome. Come on, can I hear a good amen this morning? And here's what I want to do because this series has really been focusing on faith. How do we overcome? You know, 1 John 5, 4 says it's our faith 
that helps us to overcome. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. And what I want to do today is I want to talk about a faith that pleases God. A faith that pleases God. Because everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But what type of faith is it that really pleases God? If you're in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, let me just put this story into context. Jesus has just raised somebody from the dead. And what's interesting is these two blind guys have heard about Jesus. They've heard about Jesus. Um, they are about to see a miracle in their life, even though they're blind. Let me say that again. They are about to see a miracle in their life, even though they are blind. Did you find Matthew chapter 9, verse 27? It says this, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he came into the house, the blind man came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and saying, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their eyes were open. Somebody say, Woo-hoo. and Jesus sternly warned them saying, see that no one knows this. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all the country. You know, many of us have never experienced a physical blindness. I don't know about you, but there's been a couple of times in my life that I've been blindfolded. Come on, have you ever played pin the tail on the donkey or you're about to hit a piñata and they put the bandana on you and they spin you around, then you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. And then you put the bandana on and you have this stick and you try to hit the piñata with the candies. And have you ever been to this little, have you ever been to these parties with these kids and they have absolute rage with that stick? And they are, I've been hit with a stick. I'm an innocent bystander. And they are there with the blindfold and they are whacking that thing. And then an adult tries to stop them. Okay, okay, your turn's over. Relax. Then they swing at the adult. And yeah, kids' birthday fun. Uh, birthdays are so much fun. But you know what? I've been blindfolded a couple times in my life, and one time it was after a youth service. I was a youth pastor for almost 20 years of my life, and what was interesting is that we, my wife and I, who's now my wife, but then we were just engaged, and uh, some family were in town, and they kidnapped us. They they showed up at a service that we were doing, and we finished the service, and they said, you're coming with us. And we were like, okay. And then they put blindfolds on us, all right? And I don't know if you've ever had something like this happen to you, but it is pretty scary. And so they put us in this car. We could not see, and we didn't know where we were going. And so finally, we got to this place, and we're being led, right? We're holding hands, and we're being led like kindergartners through the hallway, right? And so we get to this. We hear, they open the door. We hear, like, utensils. We hear uh, knives, and we hear forks, and we couldn't see anything. And then we hear laughing. And you know what's interesting is that when you're blindfolded and, and you can't see, you really 
your direction is really impaired. You really don't know where you're going. You're unaware what's happening um, around you. And a lot of times, uh, I remember then just hearing people laughing. I didn't know what was going on. And uh, I had a little fear of the unknown. And I found out later the reason why we were being laughed at is because they were walking us through a... um, restaurant and the blindfold that I had on had leopard skin on it. Come on, somebody. And so we were walking through and they were laughing. And finally we sat down and they took off the blindfolds and we could see that we were at our favorite restaurant. And it was a a great, great time. But you know what's interesting is that a lot of us don't know what it's like to be physically blind, but a lot of us know what it's like to be spiritually blind. We know what it's like to be spiritually blind. You know, and 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, The God, notice this, it's little g, not big g, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. You know, I hear a lot of people tell me, you know, Pastor Phil, you just don't know the people at my work. You can't believe what they do, how they talk. What's wrong with them? Well, you know, according to 2 Corinthians 4.4, the God of this age has blinded their eyes. They're blind. If I were to turn all the lights off today, right now, here in this auditorium, and I would ask you to go and get up and try to use the restroom, some of you would fall. You'd trip over your own feet. That's why so many people in the world fall so many times. Why? Because they are blind. But here's the good news. We have a choice. We have a choice that through faith we can see. How many of you are glad that you're not blind anymore to spiritual things? I'm so glad that God opened the eyes of my heart so I can see. And you know what? Maybe you're here today and you go, man, you know, Phil, I just don't know why I'm always falling. I don't know why. Can I just tell you? It's maybe because you're blinded to spiritual things. And I believe that after today's service that God can open up your eyes to see, to see what? To see how God loves you to see how you can love others, to see how God is and who he is. See, because you can never love like God until you can see who he is. And he opens up your eyes. And today we have a choice. Do you want to see? And what's interesting is that these guys, these two blind guys, they heard that Jesus did miracles. And I want to give us today, just show you four, four things today of, here's our focus. What kind of faith is it that pleases God? Are you ready? What kind of faith? Now, we don't know these blind guys. We don't know if they were blind from birth. We don't know if they just were recently blind. But can I tell you what? They were blind. And here's the first one. A faith that honors God is a faith that believes when it doesn't see. It's a faith that believes when it doesn't see. Do you know that these guys, they couldn't see Jesus with their physical eyes? When Jesus was on the earth walking, people saw him. But you know, these guys were blind and they couldn't see him with their physical eyes. They never saw Jesus do a miracle. And I want you to hear this. This is important. All they had was what they heard that Jesus had done. All of they had was hearing and they could just hear of the miracles. They could just, isn't that kind of like today? 
Today, we don't physically with our eyes see Jesus. But you know what? We hear that he's done miracles. And you know the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So right now, you may not even be able to see spiritual things, but if you'll open up your ears, faith comes into you. And you know what? God can do a miracle. You know what I love about these guys is what I love about these guys is that although they can't see Jesus because they're blind, here's what they do. They cry out to Jesus. They cry out to him. Jesus, son of David. Why is that important? Because I know people who always focus on what they can't do. See, these blind guys couldn't see, but you know what they could do? They could hear. They could use their mouth to yell out Jesus' name. Because, see, I know people that will always say, well, you know, I just, I can't see. So really, in reality, I can't do anything else. Oh, really? Why don't you talk to Mr. Andrea Bocelli? He can't see either. But I'll tell you what, he's an incredible singer. Because he didn't just say, I'm just going to sit around because I'm blind. I could give you more. Hey, what about Stevie Wonder? Stevie Wonder can't see either, see either, but you know what? That boy can sing. Come on. What about Ray Charles? Ray Charles couldn't see either, but you know what he did? He used what he had. And see, here's what so many people do. They look at one deficiency or one thing in their life that limited them, and they make their whole life about what they can't do. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of things I cannot do. Do not put a wrench in my hand. Do not. You do not want me under your sink like a plumber or looking at your toilet. You do not want me doing that. But I figured out something. I am still a handyman. You know why? Because I can take a wrench and I can give it to the guy who can fix it. Come on, somebody. I'm still handy. I could still do that. But you know, a lot of people will come and tell me, Phil, man, I love your messages. Man, you're awesome. I love your speaking. All right, maybe they're not that passionate, but maybe in my head they are. But you know, they're like, man, that's awesome. But I could tell you about 20 weaknesses up here that there's things that I can't do. But you know what? I've never focused my life on the things that I can't do. I always focus on the strengths that God gives me. And you know what? Maybe there's some limitations in your life. But let me ask you this question. What can you do? What can you do? Because faith says I'm going to move even when I don't see. I find this interesting because these guys were following Jesus, but they couldn't even see. And Jesus asked the blind guys, listen to this question. Do you believe that I can do this? Do you believe that I can do this? And I want to ask you the same question today. If you take whatever massive challenge you're facing, relational challenge, a physical challenge, financial challenge, a spiritual challenge, let me ask you this question. Do you believe that God can hear your prayer and he can do a miracle? Do you believe that? You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this, for we walk by faith, not by sight. This is exactly what these blind guys were doing. They were being led by their faith when they couldn't see. And because they were led by their faith, it gave them a miracle to be able to see. Come on, somebody. 
But see, so much of life is walking by faith. God wants us not just to have moments of faith, bursts of faith. You know what he wants us to have? He wants us to have a lifestyle of faith. Now, if you're just walking by plain sight, by what you see, the limitations, you're going to be down. You're going to be discouraged. But we as Christians are supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says this. We fix not our eyes, excuse me, on what is seen but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Can I ask you a question? Do you believe that all things are possible with God? You know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 tells us what faith is. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not Seen. And we're focusing on faith in this series. You know what's interesting? I think sometimes some people confuse hope with faith. You know, the Bible says that faith is the substance. In the Greek, you know, the New Testament is written in Greek and the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. But in the Greek language, the word substance means a confidence, a firm trust, and assurance. So in other words, faith is this assurance and hope. It says substance of things hoped for. I told you this last week. Hope is our expectation. Hope is the framework. This building, when it was built, they laid down framework. Framework is good. That's your boundary. That's your expectation. But until you put the cement, the substance into the framework, there is no building. And here's what faith is. Faith is the substance of your your hope. Now, let me just kind of differentiate hope and faith. Hope is a desire, but faith is a demonstration. Hope says it's coming. I know it's coming, but here's what faith says. Faith says, I have it now. That's why the Bible says now faith is. So faith connects to your hope. You can't just have hope. You have to have faith and your hope. Hope says it's coming, but faith says, hey, I have it now. Hope says future Faith says, present, it's right now. Hope says, hey, listen, I'm praying. I'm praying my healing comes. But here's what faith says. Healing is mine right now because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago by his stripes. I am healed. But you know, there's a lot of people that are hoping. But look at what Jesus said to the blind guys in Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 and 30. He said this, then he touched their eyes and said, listen to these words, according to whose faith? According to your faith, let it be done unto you. And their sight was restored. I like to, when I read Jesus' words, I like to always say this. Notice what Jesus didn't say. Jesus didn't say, let it be according to your income. Let's look at your tax returns before you get the healing. That's not what he said. Notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say according to your social standing. He didn't say according to how many friends or cyber friends you have on Facebook. Come on, somebody. He didn't say according to what other people thought of you. He didn't say according to the clothes you're wearing. Here's what he said. According to your faith. Come on, say it with me. According to your what? Pastor Phil, are you saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, are you saying that I have a part? In the miracle? Yeah, you do. Because Jesus said, according to your faith. 
And the Bible teaches us that Jesus, God, responds to faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a what? A punisher. Is that what it says? It says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God says, even when you seek me, I'll reward you. I'll reward you. So now we understand because a faith that honors God is a faith that believes even though it doesn't see. That's what these blind guys knew. We can't see Jesus, but we have faith that he can heal us. Here's number two. The second kind of faith that honors God is a faith that persists when, seems, when it seems like nothing is changing. You know, these guys cry out to Jesus, and Jesus just keeps walking. He actually walks into a house. They're like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus keeps walking. And you know what I like about these two blind guys? They go all stalker on Jesus. I mean, they just keep following him. They follow him into the house. And I think they had this mentality. He's either going to heal us or kick us out of the house. But either one, we are not follow, we're not stopping following Jesus. And you know what I, I found? That sometimes in Christianity, just because people cry out to Jesus and all of a sudden they don't see an immediate goosebump, they don't automatically see something in the natural. You know what they do? They quit or they'll just stop. They stop following Jesus. And too many people give up when things don't change immediately. Well, Pastor Phil, I'm really praying for a husband, and I didn't meet one this week. <laughs> well, you're going to have to decide whether you want a microwave man or an oven man, because some of you have dated the microwave men. Come on, somebody. Put them in for 30 seconds, come out, there is no character change but they're so hot. <laughs> yep, and you're so broken hearted. So you gotta decide. Here's what I found, especially when it comes to single people. If you're dating, right, or if you wanna date and you need to pray, for me, I didn't meet the right one till I was 38 years old. You didn't get married till you were 38 years old. What's wrong with you? That's what society says. This is what they say. Can I use the S word in church? You're single? Yeah, I'm single. I had people ask me, is there something wrong with you because you don't date? No, how about all of the girls that I have dated were psycho? I'm not marrying a psycho. I thought one wasn't psycho, but after two years, she was psycho. I gave her grace and mercy, and you know what? That was enough. Two years, couldn't take it anymore, all right? Then I went to counseling for four years. No, I'm kidding, but... <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, you look like you went to counseling. But you know what? And so you know what people do? They quit. 
just because they don't see an answer to their prayer tomorrow? Can I just tell you, God many times is working through people. If you know anything about people, sometimes people aren't responding to God the way that they should respond to God. That's why when God puts something in your heart, you need to know you could be the answer to somebody's prayer. And so that's why it immediate obedience is obedience, not delayed obedience. And that's why for me, I thank God that I waited 38 years because so far we're doing good. And can I just tell you, it was worth the wait. It's worth the wait. And I want to tell you, these guys didn't give up. You know, James tells us in James chapter 1, verse 6, it says, when you ask him, and this is talking about prayer, but when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. And listen to these words. Do not waver. Do not waver for a person that is, has divided loyalty or for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown to and fro like the wind. And here's what happens. A lot of times people will pray or like these blind men. They called out to Jesus. Jesus walked in the house. They could have quit, but you know what they did? They went and followed Jesus even though they didn't see an immediate change. Can I just encourage you that if you don't see the change that you want to see automatically, here's a good word today. Keep following Jesus. Keep being persistent. Don't give up your faith just because something didn't work and it didn't happen this week. Well, I guess it's just not God's will. Would you just relax? Let God work. These two blind guys didn't quit because Jesus kept moving. They kept following Jesus as Jesus kept moving. And you know what? That's what I want to do. And you know what? They got their miracle. They got their miracle because they refused to be denied. Remember, faith persists even when nothing changes. Stay consistent. How many of you would agree we need some more consistent people? Come on, in America, we need some more consistent people. Come on, raise your hand up high because we all know. Come on, so many people are like granola bars, fruity, flaky, and nutty. Come on, somebody. We need some consistent people. Oh, Jesus, bring us consistent people. Even if you have to bring them out of California, Jesus, and from other states, come on, somebody. I don't know what this is about us Californians that we are just so we make one decision and another. Come on, Jesus, help us. Ah, sorry, I had to pray there for a moment. Be consistent. But you know what I've learned? We can pray, God, help us bring consistent people. No, you know what? My first inclination is I have to be consistent myself. Be consistent. Here's number three. Are you glad you came to church today? Here's the third kind of faith that honors God. It's the faith, number three, a faith that works even when it doesn't make sense. You know, faith is always marked by actions. Always. Always. And even though it may seem like it's crazy, faith is always marked by actions. Do you know that Jesus... He made these incredible claims to people. He walked up to a man with a withered hand, and here's what he said. Stretch forth your hand. Now, I just think about if there were some just innocent bystanders walking and just hearing what Jesus said. Oh, Jesus told a man with a withered hand, stretch it out. Oh, that is so cruel. Oh, my gosh. It's so cruel. It just seems so cruel. And 
awkward. Why would Jesus, didn't Jesus see the guy had a withered hand? Ladies and gentlemen, he had a withered hand, but you know when he got healed? When he started moving that withered hand, his hand became whole because faith always has action. You know what? Jesus uh, told a dead man, to live. He told a guy named Lazarus to come back to life. That seems impossible. You know what I think is funny is that Jesus gets to the tomb and he has been dead for four days. And he's like, listen, let's roll away. Let's roll away the stone from the tomb. And somebody's like, Jesus, Jesus, you know, just before you do this, Lazarus stinks. And then if you, if you hear it in the King James, it really sounds spiritual. He stinketh. Now, I guess there's a difference between stink and stinketh. And you know what? The person who told Jesus about the stench was a woman. Because women understand stenches. <laughs> Come on, somebody. My, mom, my wife will walk into our apartment and go, oh, my gosh, the trash needs to go out. And me and my son are sitting there like, well, we're happy in here. She's high, right? heightened by the stench. And so it's funny because it's like, yeah, you know what? That's right. He's been, he's been dead for four days. Now, I could have raised him from the dead if he smelled good. If he used essential oils, maybe we could have got him back up. But you know what? Jesus said, yeah, since he stinketh now, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the miracle. Can I just tell you the time, the stench, the deadness didn't stop Jesus from saying, Lazarus, come forth. And so faith always has an action. And here's the differentiating factor between what I can't do and what I can do is faith, is moving forward. And reality is our actions and our words show the truth of what we really believe, what we really believe. Remember, hope is a desire but faith is a demonstration. And James says this in James chapter 2, verse 17. He says, so faith, if it has no works, is dead. Now, don't confuse this. Faith is not a work. Faith is not a work. What happens is you see my faith by what I do. My works show my faith. Let me give you a little example. About three or four months ago, we were in a service like this. And if you're visiting for the first time, listen, I just want to tell you, we're glad you're here. You found a church that is on fire. And uh, we were so on fire that day that we set the alarms off in the auditorium. And throughout the school, we were in worship, and all of a sudden, the fire alarms went off. Right. And people started to look at each other. You know, I don't know if they got, you know, um, thoughts from being back in high school. You know, uh, what's going on? So I grabbed the microphone. I said, listen, we need to exit the building. OK, some people were looking around and you could tell what they were thinking. They were thinking, do I need to get up? And so I had to say again, we need to exit the building. Now, some people had no problem with that. They got up, man, they saw the exit signs. They're lit up brightly. They're out the door. They're outside, right? Now, others 
were exiting slowly, and I was trying to corral everybody. There were people. Now, listen, the alarms are going off. It's very annoying. There's no doubt that everybody knew the alarms were going off. My church family, I lied to you not. There were people, as they were exiting, stopping at the coffee bar. (laughs) Getting their coffee as the fire alarms are going off. Now, let me ask you a question. If I were to ask those people, do you believe fire exists? They would say, yes, we believe fire exists. Have you ever been to a campfire? Yes, I've been. Have you ever seen what it does to a marshmallow? Yes, I've seen it. All right, good. Do you believe that fire can kill you? Yes, I believe a fire could kill me. Then why the heck are you getting coffee? But you know who had real faith? The people that were outside. They actually believed fire. They actually believed fire could kill them. That's why they walked out the door. The other people were just, yeah, I believe fire could hurt me. If you really believed it, it would cause you to move outside of the lobby doors. And that's where a lot of Christians are today. Sure, I believe in God. Sure, I have a hope. Sure, I know God can do all this. Then why hasn't it caused you to move? Because faith causes us to move. I could believe all day that my wife wanted to marry me and I wanted to marry her. I could have a hope that she was the hottest girl in the universe known to man. She was God's gift. I could believe all that and never ask her out. And so the question becomes, do you really believe it? Because faith says, hey, can we hang out? Faith says, I think you're the one for me. Faith says, hey, would you marry me? Thank God you know the answer, right? Eight years later and one child later, she said yes. But a lot of people do that with God. Oh, I believe, I hope, and they never make a move. See, a faith that pleases God is a faith that has works, even when it doesn't make sense. If you believe fire will hurt you, you will run out those doors. It was an interesting day that day. Here's the last one today. The fourth kind of faith that honors God is a faith that speaks despite what it sees. You know, 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, chapter 4, verse 13, he says, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. I believed, therefore I have spoken. I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Now listen, these guys were blind, but they still shouted. Listen, even though they couldn't see, they've never seen a miracle. You know, other people actually got to see Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Other people actually got to see dead people come to life. These guys have never seen it. And even though they didn't see it with their physical eyes, they began to speak with their mouth the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. Heal us. Can I just tell you, 
Faith is expressed in your words. What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over your kids? What are you speaking over your business? Well, I just, I just never get any clients. I wonder why. What if you start to get up tomorrow morning and say, you know what? God, you are bringing clients to me. I'm going to be at the right place at the right time to meet the right people. Why don't you add some faith and believe that when you take a step out, you're going to be at a place to meet the right client that needs to do the business that you need them to do. Come on, somebody. And you begin to speak. Well, I could never do that. Oh, you know what? I just, and we begin to talk about all of the problems, all of the symptoms. And you know what? That is not faith, my church family. That is speaking doubt and negativity. And that does not move God. If Jesus would have passed by and they would have said, we're blind. That's not what they said. They invoked the name of Jesus. And they said, Jesus, we believe you can heal us even though we can't see anything. And isn't that indicative of life sometimes? That is faith. You can't see where the next job is going to come from. You don't know what this week's going to hold. You don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. But here's what we do know. We know the one who holds tomorrow in his hand. Come on, somebody. And I can get up tomorrow and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Come on, smile. You will rejoice and you will be glad in it. And you know what happened for these blind guys? Jesus touched their eyes. And what they could never do in the natural, now they could do. And they began to see. (laughs) I can just imagine them looking at each other for the first time. Seeing color for the first time. But here's my favorite. Seeing Jesus for the first time. In his physical body. And what a great example of faith. They moved even when they couldn't see. These blind men believed before they could see, yet when they believed, they saw. I want to say that again. They believed and had faith before they could see. And when they believed, when they couldn't see, their faith in Jesus made them see. Because faith believes and acts before it Sees, But when you act on what you will believe, you will see God do miracles in your life. Would you all stand with me this morning? Come on, let's give the Lord a good round of applause for his word today. If these messages have blessed you, we'd love for you to consider helping us take these messages to the world by giving a financial contribution. And you could do that at passionlifechurch.com. Click on the giving button and select the giving option that works best for you. Again, thanks for listening. If you're ever in the Marietta, California area, come join us. We'd love to see you. We'll make you feel right at home. Thanks again and God bless.